This is episode 135 of the Fearless Launching Show, and this week we're talking about questions you need to ask in order to refresh and relaunch your online course. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, and welcome to this week's episode. Are you preparing for a relaunch of your online course, digital product, maybe a challenge, a 30-day challenge, a 10-day challenge, maybe something, an event you do on a regular basis? Well, I think you're going to like this week's episode, and I do have a handy download to go right along with it, so you can download it, get your own list of questions and considerations, things you should really think about as you're going into a relaunch. However, while I normally talk about the pieces you need to pull together to put your launch together, kind of like that forward-facing stuff that gets people excited about a product or about working with you or about solving their problem... Today, we're actually going to talk about delivering what you promised and maybe even thinking about over-delivering, especially if you're relaunching. Relaunching generally says to people, hey, this worked last time. You want to come along for the ride this time? And it's like you're, you're making a loop around the track and you're asking different people to go on the ride with you. So yes, marketing is important, but you've also got to be able to back it up with an amazing experience. And, you know, I've struggled with this over the years because I do think that marketing in itself is, is a big job. It's a job that you shouldn't take lightly and you, you owe it to your audience to do it in a way with you have integrity that people know, get to know you that, and that you get to know them. But it's really, and I don't mean this towards any specific product, even though it might might actually sound like I'm talking about a specific product. But I thought about this whole drive to create these products that convert or these offers that convert people into your customers. And that's great. But to me, it's not enough to create a product that converts or, you know, content that converts. And there's actually a bunch of courses that are named that, which I actually love each and every one of those people. But you have to be excited, ready, and always reaching and always growing and always trying to create something that can actually transform people's lives too. So it's almost like you want to create content that transforms, that, that gives people that opportunity to change, to grow, to solve their issue. And you also want to create courses that transform people. So this is that reminder to all of us, me included, you got to deliver. And you always want to be thinking 
not about necessarily did I get the conversion, but did I get the transformation? Did I get, did I help someone make that change? And I'm always looking for that value exchange, especially um, after someone is, you know, after someone has put their credit card information in, purchased Fearless Launching, and I'll do my best to make sure that they get that exchange back from me. And I do that in a number of ways. Obviously, I want the course to stand on its own, but sometimes what people really need is that personal touch, right? Today, I just want to go through some of the things. And, I, you know, it was a total transparency here. I was thinking about this in terms of a few different projects I'm working on and of my own and um, client stuff. And I really thought it was important to kind of start thinking about these these questions, I did divide them into categories. So there is some, there's some logic to the list of questions. So when you download those, you can head over to ansomorelove.com forward slash 135. The download will be right there in the show notes and you can grab that for yourself. Then you're going to be able to go through your own products, your own online courses, and just ask some of these questions of yourself. You might be all set on some of these, but I like to take this process every single time I start really looking at, taking a good look in the mirror or a good look at the course at hand, whatever that might be. So first, we're, we, let me just see, how many steps do we have here? We have like one, two, three, four, which is a few different ones, five, six. You know, there's there's one that really probably could be broken into three, but we'll keep it like this. So the first thing I like to do is just assess the situation in much the same way that before a launch, I like to look at the past launches, see how they went. But in, in the same way, I like to look at the product itself and say, okay. And I also like to do a postmortem for actual products, not just launches. And postmortem though it sounds very dark and dreary and very melancholy, it's really not. It's just a way to wrap up the project, kind of find out what happened, what worked, what didn't, what are we going to do better next time? Pretty simple. So I ask myself, did you schedule or send out that post-course survey, Anne? I have a lot of other surveys in place in the actual program, but I always seem to push off that post-course survey. And it's really important to get that out as soon as the course really finishes. I used to actually, and I'm, I may I may do this again in the future, but you can tie this survey to a bonus that you might release to get more people to answer that. You might do any number of kind of things to kind of mobilize people a little bit. You may attach it with another offer even. And, and the people who answer that survey are likely the most engaged. So maybe you make an offer to them uh, to join something else, maybe a smaller group coaching program. That's what I used to do. We'll see if I ever, if I do that again. Uh, not at the present time though. You want to also say, did I meet with people in the program after we finished? If you didn't, make your list of people and meet with them. Did people go through the program? Did people attend the group calls? If so, how many? Did did people attend the Facebook lives? Is it worth it to keep doing those? You know, these are these are all things that kind of build out your program, the group calls, the Facebook lives, different things you might do in the group. How is the engagement in the group? This is also a conversation you can have with your team or a VA or someone maybe who manages the group for you. And 
you know, did everyone join the Facebook group? If not, why not? Any ideas to get people to join? For me, I have a lot of introverts who join Fearless Launching, and sometimes they're launching when they join. So the worst thing to do, and I applaud people who actually don't just immediately join groups, but because if you're spending time in the group, you're probably not launching or working on your launch. I digress. (laughs) So anyways, that's always something that I like to ask. I'm like, okay, how can I find out why someone didn't join the group? And I have done that too. It's usually just a matter of reaching out personally. I'm also asking, have you installed Google Analytics to the members area? Because that gives you a lot of information. Um, Do you do, and if I didn't, is there another way that I have to review student activity in that members area? So Thinkific, which is a really great tool I'm considering checking out, will send reminders to your students. So they also have some reporting in there to help your students remember to go into the program, right? So Access Ally also has a way to give students their progress report, to track their progress. All those types of tools really keep people motivated moving forward. So consider that if you don't have Google Analytics set up, if you don't have any, you know, maybe module by module surveys or something weekly you do to check in with people, Look for other ways of just monitoring activity in the group, monitoring number of logins in the group. These tools do exist. You'll just have to do some Googling for those. Do any of your tools or systems need an upgrade? Maybe. Did people experience any sort of transformation? This is back to that initial kind of concern. And that is, do you really feel like people got something out of the program? Did at least a few people um, speak you know, email you and really jump in and and really bust their butts. I mean, of course, you always want more than just a few people. But even if you have a small group, if even one or two people reach out to you, then you're like, okay, cool. What extra can I do for those people? If you're not sure, then how can you find out? And I'd say go back to that post-course survey, reach out to people, give them extra time. If you're doing a beta or kind of pilot class of your own, you may want to schedule time with them. Give them, you know, 30 minutes of your time, find out what how they benefited from your program or your teaching or your product, and then you can also give them some advice. So you really just want to assess the situation. What happened? How did everything work? How did people like the new bonus maybe you added or that you were people asking for another bonus? These are all things you can do. All right, next up, this is really part of assessing the situation. This is also something I do at the beginning of every launch project, but I think it bear it goes without saying that doing this kind of thing is always good when you're starting any project. And so updating your product and refreshing it, getting it ready for a relaunch is definitely under that category. And this next step is taking inventory. So what content needs updating or revising? And now this is based on your your past postmortem and kind of figuring out what worked, what didn't. After you've assessed the situation, you want to then head into taking inventory. Okay, what can you cut or no longer make sense? What's completely out of date? What admin cleanup needs to happen in your members area? 
Do you have communication or emails that could use a refresh or maybe just requeue them? I remember a client was using, I can't remember which email marketing platform, but she had to kind of like reset her emails to then go out at the specific uh, timeline when she did her programs because she did them live. They weren't in a campaign. They weren't happening. She wanted to make sure that they happened in a specific order. And I think that whatever she was using wasn't very, um, it wasn't very complex. I want to say it was probably like AWeber or something. So you just have to decide if you, if you're going to need to do that. Most systems don't really require you to requeue a sequence. You can just create a follow-up sequence and then pretty much just start it whenever you want and then just set the days in between, but maybe you do. So just make sure you've double-checked all those pieces. Also, are you going to invite past members and when are you going to invite them? Uh, what are you, are you going to send an email that you, or do you have an email that you've already written that you can use to invite those past members? Also part of the inventory is, you know, what emails will alum get as opposed to new members? Maybe you already have these emails. And what I like to do, actually, there's a blog post that I wrote about this, is I like to create this kind of these assets that live for your product. So you might have your customer, your main module emails, you might have your um, kind of like bonus release emails, you might have just just encouragement emails. I remember working on a project with Laura Roeder and I think that on Fridays, she would always write an encouragement email to the members in this specific program, which I love that. And I totally adopted that. I think Marie Forleo does that in B-School as well, which I love. So in addition to those emails that everybody's going to get, what are the alum getting? What are new members getting? You know, even if you plan on changing these things, it's always good to take an inventory and say, okay, what emails do I have? What emails were sent? How we, how can we make these? The next piece will tell you what we're going to do with those things. So update your course calendar, any dates and emails. Those are all inventory changes, you know, just things you have to note that are going to get changed, need to be updated, made better or whatever. So inventory is a mix of what's already done, but it's also, it also gives you that to-do list. It gives you that list of things that you're going to need to get done. Next step is we're going to say to ourselves over and over and over, what can I do better? So if you guys know me and have been around for a while, then you know that I always say CBB or could be better. So remember that this phrase is really important when you're first starting, you haven't launched something yet, when you're dragging your feet and you you aren't a, necessarily a beginner, but you're just dragging your feet, you won't get out of your own way. CBB is my mantra for just getting out of my own way and just finishing things, right? But when you hit relaunch mode, now it's about what can I do better? So it's WCIDB or DB, do better. (laughs) Something like that. I don't think I need to do. It's not CBB anymore. It's what can I do better? So take those CBBs that maybe you you've listed out from your past launches and I'll I'll link to a post where I talk more about this whole idea of having that CBB list and I'll share that with you but 
make some of those things better. Like what things do my current students want in the program? Have they have they told me in that post-survey, post-course survey? What are my team's advice? Can I make that dream list of my own? And, and can I get help narrowing down that list and actually deciding which ones are going to happen? So in this realm of what can I do better, fresh testimonials, the next, this is really kind of like my next step, but it's more of a bridge. What can I do better usually is how can I freshen this puppy up? So fresh testimonials, fresh eyes on the actual product, freshen up the experience of the actual product, the course, working with you. And let me go into each one of these for you. So first of all, you might think, wait, testimonials, isn't that just for marketing? And I say no. Because you have to keep people's faith, belief, trust in you, reminding them constantly, not constantly, because that would be ridiculous, but you have to remind them on a regular basis, why did I join this program? Why did I decide to work with Anne? And by giving them that constant reminder, you're almost kind of continuing to market as you're teaching them. Um, Good friend of mine told me about this concept of, you know, almost like mark continuing to market as you teach, which I thought was a really fascinating idea. And it really does. It builds up that faith. You know, people want to not just not just get the results, but they want to they want to know that what they've done is the right thing for themselves. And when they see what other people are doing, they, they're seeing that progress. They're seeing those case studies that really helps those people get going again. Oh, right. This is why, this is why I signed on to work with Anne. Okay. Right. Okay. These people are doing this. Now I'm going to get back on the train. It really is a motivating kind of element. So getting those. So have you emailed past clients, customers, students for feedback, testimonials? Have you identified a few standout customers to be case studies? Can you turn those testimonials into videos, blog posts, things you could even share in your Facebook group if you have one? Can you turn, I don't know, like are any of these past customers, can you turn them into guides or mentors or people who you can depend on to maybe just be in the group and and answer people's questions? Sometimes these can be informal, just people who you notice really like interacting in the group. Um, it's always nice to have a few of those more like teacher assistant type people in the group. So keep that in mind. Um, when you're searching for these fresh testimonials, fresh case studies, and sharing those during the course. Now, we're not talking about the marketing here. Remember that. We're talking about maybe what you can add into, into this refreshed group and this refreshed course for a fresher experience. I feel like I'm in a Mentos commercial. Okay. So fresh eyes, this one is a little bit different. Where can I get some fresh eyes on the course, the product, the experience, and have some someone completely new weigh in on what's happening, where, where I can make some improvements? And, you know, where I like to look actually is when people give you some good feedback in that post-course survey. And if you're willing to ask, people will be willing to give you that help. They really will. Your team will, but you've got to ask them for that help. So look for those people who have given you some really great advice and then just say, hey, um, would you mind now looking at the course again 
and going through and saying, what more would you like? What what would you take out? What would you keep in? And and just get some of those people. Sometimes you're just going to have to go with your gut on who those people are. But I love getting a fresh eye on what I'm working on because, come on, we can all work in a bubble for only so long before we need outside interaction and someone else to give us a little bit of... I don't know, a little bit of perspective on what we've been creating. We get too close to it sometimes, and it's really difficult to see how something should be updated. And then along with this, you know, we're really creating this fresh experience. So uh, some other things you can do besides getting fresh eyes, testimonials, getting other people's advice is ask yourself, okay, maybe do I need to write maybe some new emails into the customer experience? Is there a better onboarding that I can do for the new members? Is there something special that I can do for the alum that have been around for a while? Um, The experience is for you and your students. So allow yourself to play here. You don't have to always rely on the old templated emails, especially because it it will excite you. It will rejuvenate your interest in the program and assuming That you really, you know, you don't have to do this every single time, but maybe you commit to every other relaunch, you're going to do something new with those emails. And you are, especially because you're going to have a lot of people, usually, if you do the product live or the, the course live over and over again, let's say even every year, you're going to have to add some fresh bits to almost everything to really keep people alum and yourself engaged, as well as the new people. And, you know, through all of this that I'm sharing with you, just brainstorm, ask questions, you know. So if you're not sure, you can ask yourself, well, hmm, who could be my fresh set of eyes? Hmm, okay, what other things can I do to add to the experience in this program that will excite me, that I want to try out anyways, that I think people will like? Um, And you don't have to just ask yourself, just Ask the question, ask the question in your group, try things out in in between programs so that you can see how they work. I mean, it's really obvious sometimes when, when things don't work, so you can do those. Next, so let me just actually, before I go into the final two things that I wanted to kind of share, because some of these are going to be kind of boring, they're going to be things you're just going to want to think about, and you know what? I'm quite certain of it that you likely went through this with me and thought, why didn't you say that, Anne? Why didn't you say this? Honestly, these this is how, this is how my brain works. I barely got these into categories. Sometimes they just come in a flood of different things that I want to do to a product before it relaunches. And then I'll organize things into categories And then as I'm working along, I think of new things or different things that need to be updated. But I do keep it fairly simple. So first thing, assess the situation, really see what's working in the course now. What are people really generally like? Is it too long? Is it too short? You know, and review any postmortem notes or information you already have for that product Then take inventory and just kind of make a list of that stuff that needs to be updated, revised, or maybe that needs to be cut out or that needs to be, um, dates just need to be changed on it. Make notes of all those things so that you come up with your asset list and that you already have the stuff that's done and the stuff that needs to be made. Then 
Think about what can I do better? What can I do better here? Um, And this might be something that you just have to journal about, brainstorm about, talk out with some of your, your best students or your best customers, your best clients, and really getting that list together. And it's really more about taking on the attitude that this is your chance to do those CBBs. Now it's time. It's not could be better. Now it better be better. <laughs> I'm still think trying to think of what the, the little three letter thing will be. So then once you're in that mode of what can I do better, Start thinking of things like fresh testimonials, getting some new voices and new stories in front of your customers and for your customers, putting some fresh eyes on the product, maybe even empowering some of your students to look at the course in a different way and ask them questions and really give them some ownership of what they purchased really from you in the beginning. And then think kind of pulling all this stuff together, you really want to think of how can I create a fresh experience by not doing all the things, but maybe just writing some new emails, maybe creating a check-in call on Monday mornings to make sure everybody knows what they've got to do for the week. And it's not even a Q&A maybe. Um, and just use use your power of being a detective, ask questions, brainstorm different things that you can do to really upgrade this product that you're going to be relaunching. So the the last two steps are really, really specific to online courses and things that have either a membership area or a forum or a Facebook group. So that, I guess, fifth step is re-engage. So what new ways do you have to keep people excited? What are some of the ways that that already worked that kept people engaged and keep doing those things? And what new events can you add into your Facebook group? Maybe you can create some new graphics. So if you're having graphics and different things created for the marketing window and for your actual launch, why not have a few extras created for some ongoing posts that'll happen on a weekly basis, right? They don't have to be super fancy. They can be an image with text over them. They can be very nice, really nicely designed. I know that in the 90-day year group, there are ones for Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I think Amy Porterfield has some in her groups as well. And, you know, Facebook groups, wall of text, no bueno, okay? So you gotta have some graphics to break that stuff up. Um, You might also just want to start a list of things and social media and blog posts and images and fun things that you can share in your group on a regular basis. So re-engaging, that's going to be another bit of brainstorming where you're going to want to think, okay, how do I want to mobilize the alum? How do I, what do I want to do during week one to really get the, the new people excited? And what new graphics do we need for that Facebook group? Are we going to even, well, here's the other thing too. And these are some of the admin decisions, which is the number six really step. It's not really a step. It's just, I pulled all the admin decisions into one area. So if we're going to have weekly events in the group, when are they happening? And who's who's in charge of making sure they happen? Um, who's going to schedule and remind people in the group? Um, Do we need new group 
terms of service? Do we need group? Do we need participation groups serve um, terms of use? And you also want to have terms of purchase, which is a piece for the launch. Do we need to keep that main group the same or are we going to change it to a session only group? This is something that I have gone back and forth on because, you know, after over time, you know, I mean, it, it actually is uh, quite a feat to keep your Facebook group energetic. So imagine you have all these people who've been in there for four years and then a group of people come in and they're all excited and everybody's like, yeah, I launched. Launching is so great. And not to say that everybody is like that because they're totally not, but but there is something exciting about joining a group full of people who are just starting for the first time. There's like, there's a genuine excitement in the air. And so I do think there is value in starting that uh, separate Facebook group. So you have to make that decision yourself though. Then you want to maybe say, what questions can we ask during the week and who's going to do it? Who's going to post those? When are we going to post those? What different types of things do we want to offer to offer our members? Do we want to have any perks? Are there going to be any, um, is there going to be any collaboration? Are there, are we going to allow Facebook lives? Are we going to do a Facebook live? Um, I mean, obviously there are going to be different admin decisions for your own group. What I would say for any group is have specific days during the week where there's a an automatic post that goes up every single Monday, every single Wednesday, every single Friday. And whether that's a question, a quote, a call to action of some sort or an invite to something, just make it the same every week, okay? And maybe you toss in a quote or um, a new resource, or you remind people about something that's in the program, and that's it. Um, But just keep it really consistent, and then people will know to look for those things. And then as far as Facebook Live goes, I think going in, if you can commit to going into your group once a week, even during the off-season, people will be so grateful. Okay, so we literally just scratched the surface here on different things that you can do to refresh, revive, and relaunch your online program. But, you know, there's always going to be more. So to get you started, I did create this download for you. It's at ansomorelove.com forward slash 135. And I can't wait. I can't wait for you to check it out. I want you to tell me about what you do when you relaunch your programs, or do you just keep them exactly the same? I don't think you do. Even my, even my girl, Laura Roeder, when we were, when we were launching Creating Fame, we always made some sort of updates to them. Ooh, I didn't even mention one. Um, and that is sometimes you got to update the actual content. (laughs) That's a big one. I did not even go there right now. I just went with the delivery of the product. But part of that is the actual product itself, right? So you have to ask yourself, do any of these modules need to be updated? Are there examples that aren't that are no longer valid? OMG, or are the slides kind of out of date, kind of janky looking? Are the worksheets or the downloads, are they on par? Are you missing any transcripts? That kind of stuff. So these are all things that I guess can fit into the admin decisions. 
I'm going to make another category for you guys on this sheet, and it's going to be content decisions, because this is probably the hardest part of relaunching is deciding what are we going to update and what are we going to leave the same. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, which really was just a splattering of different things and different questions you can ask yourself before relaunching an online course or program, I want you to head over to ansamoa.com forward slash 135, grab the download. I've also put a few other resources there for you. And also, I want to invite you to join the Fearless Launching community because we're going to be talking lots more about this delivery piece because I think it's one that gets so ignored in the online space. And I want so much to help you with this piece. You know I'm passionate about launching, but I'm also passionate about you launching something of value. So if you are interested in that, just head over to fearlesslaunching.com. We're going to be opening in the next couple of weeks or so for our May slash June session. Love it if you would join us for that. And that's it, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Fearless Launching Show. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to download your very own list of questions and things that you should be asking as you prepare your online course for relaunch. Now, this, as I said during this episode, is not all the marketing pieces you have to get in place. This is actually how to refresh and get your actual course ready for a new round. If you want that checklist, if you want those questions that we talked about today and we went through, all you have to do is head over to ansomoylove.com forward slash 135. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll talk soon. Take care.